This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net Danger Entertainment Podcast Network. And welcome to episode 357 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Apocalypse. No kidding. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Don't adjust just that dial. And while we're gone, if any talking animals ask you to buy some tacos or beer, for God's sakes, do what they tell you to do. You're watching Sports Nights on CSC. Have a good night. Nice. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. Sports Night. One of my all-time favorites. Nice. Yeah. So, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just doing my part. For those who are wondering, no, we are not six feet apart. Well, we're close. Close, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> we're practicing. We haven't touched. We, we, you know, we're practicing some sort of, but, you know. I know I don't have it. We're pretty sure Ian doesn't have it. But it is weird because you are shaved. Your yeah. face is shaved. I haven't seen I haven't seen your face in a while, and it's disturbing. <laughs> it's really bothering me. Yeah, shaved yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> there's reasons. I know there's reasons, right? I mean, but I mean, still, it's like you know, it's it's that th- whole thing of like, man, I forgot what was under there. Yeah, there's me a, too. There, there's a reason why we keep the, that, the hair on our face. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that big. Well, hey, me too, man. I, I like. I remember I, sh- I shaved a few years ago. Like I, I, like, I, I fucked up something on my mustache. I, I, I was trying to like do it like freehand because mm. I couldn't find the 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 guide for my clippers. Yeah, I just completely like butchered it to the point like I would have had a Hitler. Yeah, yeah. You know, and nobody rocks a Hitler except for Michael Jordan. Yeah. So I just shaved the whole thing off. I was gonna let it grow back, and boy, did I look hideous! Like I'm, I'm a hideous child to begin with, but I looked horrible. And even Nancy's like, "Yeah, when, how quick does that grow back for you?" You know, I'm like, yeah, "Okay, thanks. That's good to know. I appreciate that, babe." Yeah, have to be able to wear a mask. So yeah, I, like a certain kind of mask. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I had to shave it off. Yeah. But let's not talk about that. Let me, let me ask you a question because I mean, apparently at this point like, you're like pretty much shaving every day. Yeah. Is that a hard routine to get into? Yep. Cause it's like, I'm, irritating to my face because I don't do well. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm always amazed by people. Like I'm the type of guy who like I kind of get up and I give myself just enough time to like you know get a shower, get dressed, and get out the door. Yeah. So I'm always amazed by people who like. They get up in the morning and they have this whole routine of like, you know, they ha- they shower, they shave, they go through this whole thing that they do, 
Like, and then, like, you know, have breakfast and a cup of coffee. Like, like they're up a couple hours before they actually leave for work, it seems like. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah, neither do I. Like, I'm a guy who's like, you know, I got to get up. Like, you know, it's like 45 minutes before I've got to leave. You know, and I've got it all timed out perfectly. Yeah, I have mine to a half an hour. Yeah. So, like, these people amaze me that, like, they have this routine, like, and that they shave every day. Yeah. Because like, I hate shaving. Like, to, you know, I hate having a full beard. So like you know, every couple of weeks I, I'll trim it down. But like, you you shavers, like, like I'm not putting you down. Like I, I think you're amazing because I can't do that. Right, right. You know I don't have the energy or the wherewithal to get up and give myself that kind of time. Right. You know. So I applaud those of you who can do that. <laughs> I really do because I am not one of those people, and I never will be. Yeah. Like you know. My, my beard is not like I don't choose to have a beard. Like I, I choose to have the 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 Van Dyke, the goatee. Yeah, you know. But um, the the full beard is just pure laziness. <laughs> you know, and I'm not like trying to be a hipster or anything. I, I'm just lazy. Yeah, you know. And so like you, you people who do that, are, so it's got to be a tough transition for somebody like you who who also is much like me, just doesn't want to shave. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So, it's definitely a uh, a game changer. I'll bet. In the morning. I'll bet. But, do it as long as I have to, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's like, it's... I, I mean, I wasn't mandated to do it. Right. By any means. Right. It's in my best interest that I do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, yeah, good times. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> So, um, I did watch, me and Nancy last weekend sat down and we watched The Fast and the Furious Present, Hobbs and Shaw. How is that? It is amazing. Really? Oh, it's a bad movie. Yeah, yeah. But it's amazingly fun. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Like, this, this was an entertaining two hours of just pure adrenaline, pure... Just like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty guzzling, nice. like with with like some some like fucking Red Bull in it, nice. just just pounding that shit down and getting your heart rate going as fast as humanly possible, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and I mean it's a batshit crazy premise. It's cl- I mean it's clear that they're trying to launch a franchise based upon Hobbs and Shaw. They left it very much open for. A continuing adventure. Nice. Yeah. And I'm just like, when can I get more of this? Because... So it was good, know, huh? Oh, yeah. I absolutely... Like, if if you like that type of stuff, and I know you do, Yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah. You know, because it, it, it is. It, it was just batshit crazy fun. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's Rock, it's Statham, it, it, it you know... Idris Elba was fantastic as and just over the top as as the villain. Just I can't talk about it. I'm not going to tell you it's Shakespeare. I'm not going to tell you this should have won any sort of awards. It's a bad movie, but it's so much fun to watch. That's cool. You know, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Cool. Yeah. Nice. And there are some wonderful cameos in it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a, a Ryan Reynolds cameo. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and he's he's great. He is great. And there's a um, Kevin Hart shows up for no apparent reason. 
Oh, really? Yeah. He's really good at it, too. But, you know, oh, I, but overall, it's just just so much fun. Good movie. Huh? Yeah. That's cool. I can't, I can't say enough about it. I was huh. like, and I was, ex- I had high expectations, too. I thought, this is going to be so fucking bad, and I'm going to absolutely love this movie. I know I am. And lo and behold, there it was. Yeah. You know, right where I needed it to be. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I watched Jumanji 2. Okay. I thought it was fantastic. Was it? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I uh, I did. I went in with low expectations because it was a sequel to Jumanji. I liked Jumanji. I, I thought I thought the last Jumanji movie was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought this might have been better. Wow. Yeah. Truly. Um. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was going to be a weak ass story. You know. Yeah. But it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it's just a fun movie. It was good. It, it surprised me. Like, really, really, really surprised me. Was it interesting to see The Rock and Kevin Hart trying to play Danny DeVito and Danny Glover? Yes. Was it? And it came out good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was okay. Like, it, it for some reason, it worked. Yeah. And I liked Kevin Hart playing that old man role. Yeah. He kind of showed a little acting chops. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I, I was shocked on how good it was. And a good storyline. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. That was good. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was badass. Yeah. She was badass. Karen Gillan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of funny moments in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like tons of funny moments. Yeah, where you're like, damn, you know, it was. Yeah, it was really good. The ending, That's good. it pays off. Yeah, like, big time. That's good because I mean, I mean, like you said, like that last Jumanji movie, which again was also a movie we had low expectations. And it was like, how the fuck do you follow up a Jumanji? Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was. And so I like. Going into this, I was like, "Yeah, low again." Yeah, surpassed it. Yeah, you know. So I was like, "Man, that's good." Yeah, awesome. really good. Yeah, yeah. You should watch it. I will. I, I, I do want to see it. Yeah, it's good. Um, and, speak, and, speaking and, and Picard, I watched Picard. This week. We got yeah, so that yeah, I'm all, I'm all caught up on that. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, but um, th- did you see the picture of? Speaking of Jumanji, have you seen the picture of Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, yeah. With his... <laughs> fucking... Wow. <laughs> Wild-ass beard and shit? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he looks like he's been whoring away at the canteen. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was, you know, like number seven's outside waiting for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Making some flapjacks. <laughs> Oh, I loved so like a few weeks ago like they had shown him like you know throwing a ball yeah and like Pittsburgh went wow like Ben's back well I mean he's got this scraggly ass fucking beard he hasn't had a haircut since September apparently when he got injured yeah um you know and he looked like he was about 300 pounds oh did he yeah like I mean he looked like I, I, I mean I don't care like you know I'll take a fat Ben over what we've got at quarterback right now anyway, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, it, it, he looked bad. 
Like, and I was like, holy shit. Like, he looked like... <laughs> he looked like he, like, like had been, like, on a kegger since he got injured. <laughs> like, know? like fucking Thor. Yeah, he looked like fucking Thor. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm like, oh, man. I'll take Fat Ben, but, you know. He does this interview with Ron Cook the other day. And apparently, you know, Cook asked him, he's like, you know, people are looking at you and saying you're out of shape. And Ben's laughing. He's like, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my career. I'm, he's like, I'm running. I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm like, what, you're running to the fucking refrigerator? <laughs> yeah. What? I've seen the pictures, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, and you look at that, like his face, he's got like this big, fat, chubby face. Uh. I'm like, like, dude, you're not lying. Don't lie to us. Just admit it, man. Yeah. You know, I'm much again. I'll take Fat Ben. <laughs> you know, yeah. as long as you can throw the fucking ball, they they can have you on a motherfucking like one of those hover hoverboards taking you around. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fucking shit. rascal. Yeah, what a rascal. <laughs> so he gets under center, just pulls in. Yeah, yeah. I was like, holy hell. I mean, he's like, oh yeah, I think it's funny. You know, I'm in the best shape of my career, I think. And I'm like, oh, if that if that shape is donut, you are yeah. there, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> you got a little a little of the far virus in you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, that, that I, I, I and he did like this whole thing like on the Steelers website or something about you know washing your hands and everything. Like you know. I mean, I'm thinking it was the first off. You look like you got like you got something that's gonna come out of your beard to eat something, you know? Like, yeah. You're gonna, like you feed it popcorn or some shit. Like Radagast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 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 that meat, like that episode of the Family Guy where like Peter had the big beard and the birds living in it and shit. Yeah. Like he was just feeding them. Like, like that's what I'm imagining is in Ben's beard right now. Like you know, <laughs> like bald eagle babies, you know. <laughs> He's like, be all right. and he's telling me to wash my hands. Like, motherfucker, wash that beard. Yeah, he'll be all right. I'm sure he will be, but it just it made me laugh. No, it's Nancy laughing. Um, yeah, it'll be different. Yeah, and that shit'll be shaved opening day. Yeah, we well, slim down. Well, he said like the beard is like he swore he wouldn't he won't shave or cut his hair until he can throw an NFL pass. Okay, I bet your wife's happy to hear that. Yeah, <laughs> she's gonna be like, you know, what's what's an NFL pass? <laughs> Let's get that shit done. Yeah, do some maintenance, boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's not trimming it. He ain't cutting it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, even Brett Kiesel took care of that shit at least. He did. You know, yours is all scraggly looking. <laughs> like, I saw that picture. I was like, God, damn, dude. Put a comb through that shit, motherfucker. Fucking bender. (laughs) (laughs) I I trust he'll be okay. I I trust he'll be fine, too, but it still just made me fucking laugh. Right. You know? Yeah. So. It'll all be good. Yeah. (laughs) We'll have our Ben back. Yeah. All 400 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah, I don't care how big he is. No, neither do I. I still think he can out fake and juke anybody on that field. Probably. Even at 300 pounds. Yeah. Seriously. Like I said, I mean, I'll take Fat Ben o- over Doc and Mason Rudolph. 
Yeah, any day. You know, any day of the week. Yeah. You know. So anyway. Yeah. So. Um, we didn't... Believe it or not, like, we did get some nerd news this week. Yeah. Just a little bit. Like, it was all it's all been doom and gloom and, you know, a lot of stuff being, you know, fast forwarded to digital and, you know, because, you know, they were talking about like maybe um, Wonder Woman 1984 might just be a digital only release, not coming out in theaters at all now. Like, all, like, you know, it, it, it's been like very sad to even read nerd news. Yeah. What the fuck, man? But then we got a little, this little bit yesterday. So, apparently, now it has not been completely confirmed yet, but it has apparently been leaked out that Rosario Dawson will be in The Mandalorian Season 2, and she'll be playing Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I'm I'm conflicted. And and let me tell you why. I think Rosario Dawson's a great actress. I think she's going to do a wonderful job portraying the character. And I think, I mean, a couple of years ago, this this fan theory got floated out there that Rosario Dawson should play Ahsoka in a real, in a, in a live action movie or something. And I've seen, like, you know, renderings of Rosario with the Ahsoka makeup, like, photoshopped. Yeah. Like, how she would look as Ahsoka. And, and she looks fantastic. The problem is, and, and my, my only problem is, She's a character whose voice I so associate with Ashley Eckerson, who does the voice. Like she, that's been a Sokotano. She's been a Sokotano for so long to me. Mm-hmm. That voice that might be a Dawson, <laughs> who has a much different voice, right? Being the character, right? I think Rosario Dawson will do the character justice. I think she, Rosario Dawson, is a big enough fangirl of you know. Star Wars and the character that she will do her absolute best to to bring the character to life and make it right. Right. You know, but it's just that voice and that's a weird thing to say, I know, but that since the inception of that character, there's only been one voice to it. Right. You know. And when like when I read the Ahsoka book, that's the voice I heard in my head when Ahsoka spoke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it's the same thing. I mean, you know, there's been many, many, many people who've played Batman over the years. But, you know, when anytime I read a Batman comic book, right? The Nancy's home and she's going to be making some noise as she comes in to get get some sundries for watching. She's trying to shush me. It's my fucking podcast, woman. Don't Sorry, shush me. Man. That's all right. But when I read a Batman comic book, the voice I hear for Batman is. Um, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Wilford Brimley. It's Kevin Conroy. Yeah, yeah, the, from the animated series. When I read it, something they, they just ju- keep making him older. Yeah, I'm just kidding. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wilford Brimley. Batman's on a diabetes. You know, <laughs> it's my diabetes boomerang. What are you looking at me for? Kevin Conroy from Entourage. No, no, no. What's that guy's name? I don't know. Kevin. I don't know what that... I never watched Entourage. But the guy I'm talking about is the guy who did the voice of Batman in Batman the Animated Series. Okay. That's the voice I hear when I read a Batman comic book. Mm-hmm. When the Joker's in, I hear Mark Hamill's voice. I think if you talk about Ahsoka Tano, you need to get 
Ahsoka Tano. So our little princess. That's, that's the real Ahsoka Tano. Our, our, our princess Padawan is just fine where she's at. <clears throat> no you're, you're fine. But um, but that's you know, but I but with Batman, there's been so many other voices that have been there that you kind of I can get over it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but with with Ahsoka, it's going to be a little bit different just because that's the voice I hear, and it's the only voice I've ever heard for that character. Right. But otherwise, I, I like the the casting. Yeah. Like, I, I like Rosario Dawson. I think she's a fantastic actress, and I think she can make it work. Yeah, yeah. You know, but. Like I know you're not that over familiar because you never watched the cartoons and stuff. Yeah, I, I did watch one season of something. Yeah, you should or started it. You, yeah, you should go. Yeah, I think it's it was the Clone one, Wars. Yeah, and I think it was the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, you should go back and watch the Clone Wars. Yeah, um, because I, first off, they're so good. That, that's where they were introduced. Yeah, that's that that's where that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where Ahsoka came in and stuff. But like they're so good, and like in Rebels as well. But like, yeah, you know, I, I think you'd enjoy it. Like as a Star Wars fan, and especially as like, if you want to get a deeper appreciation of the prequels, the Clone Wars does it for you. Yeah, it makes you understand and appreciate the character hands Skywalker more than either of those fucking movies do. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I mean, so I, I but I, I mean, I, I got excited because I'm like, oh shit. It's this is real. This yeah. is happening. You know, this is this is exciting. Yeah. I mean, I also read that apparently Robert Rodriguez is directing an episode of The Mandalorian. Oh, that's cool. I mean, fucking Robert. I mean, you know, I mean, in, in the pantheon of directors, Robert Rodriguez is right up there for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, so I got excited about hearing that. And like, if you have you ever seen how they actually film that shit? Mm-mm. They don't like. It's not on location. It's all on sets with like. These massive, like, TV screens that they that, that, that they use, like they, they digitally create the backgrounds. Oh, really? Yeah, that's interesting. It is. It's really like look it up sometime. It's like really fascinating how they do it. It's like they're talking about this may change how Hollywood movies are made and shit because like instead of like creating like they have like stuff in the foreground but like everything in the backgrounds like and they have like the screens like are like on three sides. Yeah. So that, like, you know, when the, depending on how the camera goes, it, like, the screen wraps around and everything. It's, like, it's really fascinating. Huh, that's pretty neat. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it either, and I, I saw they some, were just in a fucking desert somewhere. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. That's exactly what I fucking thought. I thought, man, the production on this, where the fuck are they filming No wonder all nobody's fucking sweating around here. Yeah, just because they're in an air conditioning. Yeah. I, I don't know. You have a TV that fucking big? Well, I, I know, yeah. I get that, but I mean, yeah. still, it's better in 105 oh, yeah. degrees in Death Valley. Exactly, yeah. You know, it's the Kenny Baker effect, right? Yeah. They're not having it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Nobody sweats in these films. No. <laughs> you know? Except, except when you take the Mandalorian's helmet off and he looks like... <laughs> fucking... Looks like uh, Sloth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the Vincent Vega reaction. I think everybody had. Yeah. They're like, ooh. Yeah. Mm. Put it back on. Reaction. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. Yeah. I was like, whoa. I was almost horrified. Yeah. I was like, wow. 
we should have never taken it off. I thought he was an okay looking guy, and all of a sudden it's like, is he in a car wreck? Is this the Mark Hamill thing going on? What's happened to him? It's horrible. Oh, poor Pedro Pascal. And it was ruined it for me. I was like, ooh. Not that I expected Antonio Banderas under there or anything, but I was just kind of like, hmm. Well, such a, you know what it was Pedro very Pascal, worse. It was like one of the worst headshots I've ever seen of a person in yeah. my life. And you know what Pedro Pascal looks like, too. Like, he is a, an attractive man. Yeah, talk about your bad side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was rough. He looked like Rocky after Rocky too. It was horrible. Yeah, it was. It was. I was like shocked that that even made it into the cut. <laughs> you know, not that I wanted the you know soft lens or anything, but yeah. I mean like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's some Nolan shit going in there. Oh yeah, that's as real as you get. Yeah. Oh, that's too funny. But anyway. So that that was the uh, the nerd news for the week. Rosario Dawson is going to be a Sokotano. Yeah, that excited me. Excited me to no end. So I put some thought into this this episode. It's like you know, all week I was thinking about like what's the episode going to be. I'm looking at the nerd news, and I'm like, yeah, there's nothing here I want to talk about. I don't want to go down that same rabbit hole we went down last week, right? You know, so. I said, fuck it. I sent you a text and I said, make up a top 10 list. I don't give a fuck what it is. Just make up a top 10 list. Right. You know, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do something. So we're doing two separate top 10 lists this week. And it, they have nothing like we, we, we didn't even discuss this. So it's like he has one top 10 list. I have another top 10 list. They're two completely separate. And we're going to discuss them. Okay. So let's start with you, my friend. What, 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 what did you do as a top 10 list? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all jacked up. Yeah. I can ripped it. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Wow. It is bad. <laughs> I did a top ten list on uh, movie villains. Okay. That I thought, and I don't think we've ever done this. I don't think so either. Um, so I was trying to think of something that we haven't done before. I'm, I'm sure somebody will hit us up and be like, episode 135. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I came up with a, a list of, uh, you know. Movie villains. Yeah, movie villains. Okay. So how do you want me to do this? I, well, let's start with number 10. Work okay. your way down to number 1. We'll discuss each one individually. Okay. So. Um, so my number 10. <laughs> now this is my list. Right. I mean, like, you know, this isn't something I pulled or. Right. You know, so. uh, it's Patrick Bateman, American Psycho. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. I figured where he, I think he would make the list. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And uh, so he, he portrayed him uh, a villain pretty well. Yeah. In a, in a different kind of villain. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like, not expecting it. Right. In, sort of. Yeah. Like, two different lives. Yeah. You know? And I felt that they pulled that period off really well. Right. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, that was number 10. What yeah, there's there, there, like, so many good things like with Patrick Bateman. Like, there's that whole <laughs> scene with, like, the... um. 
it's, I mean, it's an iconic scene, like with, with when they're comparing the, um, you know, their cards. Yeah. You know, and he gets so pissed when the oh. dude, like, yeah, I mean, it was like, but it's like such a great scene because he's like, he's talking about, it, he's all proud, he's you know, sits back. The other guy's like, ooh, that's a nice card. The other guy whips his out. It's like a dick measuring contest. Yeah, it you really know? was. But I, but. The, you can see that happening in the 80s. Oh, yeah. You look at old 80s movies. Like yeah. Big. Wall Street. Right. Yeah. You look at all these films, it's exactly how it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even Mannequin. Even Mannequin. You're right. Even yeah. Mannequin. Even Mannequin. But, <laughs> yeah. Fucking creepy spader. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <Fucking> spader. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so that, that was my number 10. But, but also, like... There's so many other good, like like the, the Huey Lewis speech. Yeah, true. You know, like every like Patrick Bate, you're it, it, he's a he's a a great villain, and I think like he deserves to be on your list absolutely. And I think he's like one of those underrated <laughs> villains. So do I. You know that when like wash it, the puss. Yeah, like I, it's, <laughs> like, it's like it, he's like just like one of those characters that for whatever reason just kind of slides under the radar. I don't know if it's just because. Like he maybe he's not considered a villain like he should be. Right. He's really the main character of the movie. But he's a great villain. He is. Yeah. He, I agree. He is the villain. Yeah. I mean he's fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah. No, I, you know I, I absolutely mean? agree with you. So like I'm I'm right there with you. Like I yeah, Patrick Bateman's a great villain. And I kind of toggled with the placements here. Yeah. Because you know, it was kinda I think ten's a good spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Number nine. The alien xenomorph. Okay. okay. Which is a villain. And, yeah. and, and has always been a villain. Yeah. But the villain in the first one. And yeah. And the second one. The, the ones. Yeah. The xenomorphs in the second one. Yeah. Like. And, and, and it's weird. Like, do you consider it a villain or not? But they, it was the villain. Yeah. In those movies. It's technically a sentient creature. Right. Just because it's not human does not mean it's not the villain. Correct. Yeah. Um, but it terrified me. Yeah. And it was evil. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was... That's the one good thing they did portray about... In most all of the Alien movies, it was just this constant... Yeah. Like, they were not going to stop. Do you know what I mean? And so you could technically take it out or not, but... No, I'm, I'm cool with it. Um, it's just a different outside-of-the-box look at villains. Yeah. I mean, not all my guys are like that. But. Right. But like I mean, it's it's one of those interesting things where it's like, you know, like the fir- particularly the first Alien movie, like not only is it a science fiction movie, but it's very much a horror film. Yeah, you know, and the the xenomorph is the slasher. Correct, and that's why Michael Myers didn't make it on this list. Mm-hmm. Maybe should have. Right. But I felt that the Alien. Alien terrified me. Right. Michael Myers didn't terrify me. Right. Does that make sense? It makes sense, yeah. So on my list, I wanted a villain that was kind of... I wanted a different kind of villain that terrified me. Mm -hmm. Because not all villains terrify me. Um, Of course. Right. You know what I mean? Um, But he did. Mm -hmm. Especially when I was a kid. Right. When I first saw Alien as like... I was like five? Yeah. Or six? Snuck it, you know? It absolutely hurt horrified me like, right. I was like holy shit um, so yeah Alien number 9 okay yeah I'm right there with you All right. 
And at number eight, I'd have to go with, uh, and I'm gonna switch this too, because I, I, I quick wrote this. Number eight, I'm gonna have to go with the grandmother from Flowers in the Attic. Ooh. Which is the same wow. actress that was that played um, um, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. In yeah. Cuckoo's. Yeah. I hated that woman. <laughs> I hated yeah. what she was doing to those kids. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was a constant angst. Right. I mean, I absolutely hated her. Uh huh. And like to bring out that much hatred in like a six year old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or seven year old. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, to me, qualifies as a villain. And she was right. the villain. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She was awful. Yeah. I mean, like. Oh, yeah. And I know it's just a movie I watched. And, yeah. You know. Do you remember that movie? I, you know, you probably know this. Yeah. I mean I, I mean, I remember the movie. And I, I even watched it. I mean, they did a remake not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nancy's a big V.C. Andrews fan. Yeah. She loves reading V.C. Andrews books. So, like. For her, flowers in the attic and all the books that follow are very important to her. Um, but you know, I mean, as far as like I go, like the um, I, 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 the movie you're talking about, I, I've watched it once way back when. Oh, but you're right. Like I mean, it's like getting you know, them poisoning them kids with them cookies. Yeah, and you knew it. Yeah, that bitch. Oh, I hated her. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't stand her. Hmm. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see where she makes a, makes the list. I see where she she's a villain. Um, I don't know if she stands out as a top tenner for me. I don't yeah. think so. But it's your list. It's my list. Yeah. And like, so clearly she stands out. She, she's made, had an effect on you to the point that like all these years later, you're still like, fuck that bitch. Oh, I hate her. Yeah. I just, and, and I just, I even hate her in Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Well, I mean. Just because it was that same actress. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, ah. Oh. Yeah, see, I saw Cuckoo's Nest first. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, that's fucking Nurse Ratchet. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. I've only seen this woman in two fucking movies. Yeah, I she didn't act both. much after that either. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she she left that much of a mark on Hollywood. Yeah. They were like, yeah. Probably a bad idea to hi- hire her as a nice person. Yeah. You know? Joyce is a wonderful person, but you know she she we we've got a stereotype at this point. You're right. <laughs> All right. So moving on to where we at? Where we at? I think it was seven. We're on seven now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go uh, Thanos. Probably seven for me. I'll, I'll give you that. He was brutal. I might have had him a little bit higher. Well, you, it's t- wait till it, you see my highest. Yeah, I understand, but like it's like one of those things where like I I feel like. Thanos becomes like this great villain because in many ways you could say he might have been right. Yeah, no. Well, those those are the villains that you fall yeah. in love with, right? Right. But like and <laughs> like but he wasn't like this mustache like cuz that's the thing like especially with a comic book movie and with a villain like this, it would have been so easy to just make him some mustache twirling yeah. You know, but no, like they, they really thought him out and made him a very, very deep character. Oh, yeah, for you sure. Know? And especially like with Endgame and um, Infinity War, like it, you, you appreciated the character as a villain so much. Yeah. You were just like, you love the guy. Yeah. For some odd reason. Yeah. You just, you loved him. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, even when, uh, 
Quill was going to shoot Gamora. Yeah. He was like, I like this guy. Yeah. And you know what I mean? He's yeah. Like, Gone. You know what I mean? And he did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was actually what he said was believable. Yeah. He did like him. Yeah. Because he knew what he was going to do. And he understood that. Yeah. In, in his sense, you know? Right. So, yeah. So. Like, he had a very distinct vision of what was right and what was wrong. And you could not make him waver on that. And you ended up respecting that in many ways. Right. You know, he was a villain worthy of everything that the Avengers and everybody had to do to stop him. And at the end of the day, when he completed his task, and you were just like, that son of a bitch did it. I know. <laughs> you know, he, he, he did what we didn't think he could do. And he was a, and also, too, his physical appearance. He was yeah. a brutal fighter. Um, I mean, he was crafted in, in war. Yeah. In hand-to-hand combat. And but the softness that he displayed, like with Gamora, the, the, the young Gamora with the blade, and showing her how to balance it and how that's, you know, how all things should be. And like, like just. Yeah, complex. He was a very complex yeah. character. And you were just like, fuck. Yeah. You know, well played. Yes. You know, because like, and that's the problem we, we, just, we discussed so often. Like Marvel so often has so many villains that are, that are like just mustache twirling whatevers. Like, you know, that you, you don't get deeply rooted with them but this was one of those rare exceptions yeah, you just where, fell like, in love with them yeah I don't know what it was I mean like I didn't really I didn't really I wanted to go see Thanos I didn't really want to go see the rest of the Avengers yeah does that make sense oh yeah because like, you wanted to see what the completion of his I story kn- was I, yes because I knew what they can do right because the, fir- I mean? the first movie was his movie yeah it absolutely was his movie. It's like so well done that he, like, at the end of it, you're like, well, so and so is really the main character. No, no like, the, in the second one, yeah, it's it's Downey and it's, you know, it's those guys. But in the first movie, that is Thanos' movie. Yeah. He's it is. very much the main character. And he was the perfect actor to play him. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, think Bro- of anyone. was amazing, yeah. Yeah, man. So, anyway, we could talk Avengers all day. Even in Guardians. Like when he has that moment, I will, I will splash the space blaze with your blood, boy. Like, yeah, like, that's the Thanos I know. Yeah, that's the Mad Titan. Yeah, yeah. and then it just came to, yeah. it just came to be. Yeah, like when when that when the movie came out, I was like, oh my god, this guy's amazing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like they did what what Fox couldn't do with Apocalypse. Yeah, because that should have been. Apocalypse, yeah, that that sort of mentality, but yeah. even darker yeah. than Thanos, yeah. You know what I mean, right? So, anyway, uh, then I'm gonna have to go with uh, probably Voldemort. There's a great villain, mm-hmm. a great villain that didn't even have to be there in all the movies, yeah. But he was talked about, and that's why I thought, that's why I like the character, and I like it's so intriguing because he was always the villain. The entire time. Yeah. And you barely saw him till later on. Yeah. Which I thought was like, that's like the ultimate villain. Like, we shall not speak his name. Yeah. Like, it created, his name created fear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I and just, and just a specter of, of him, like, like those first three movies where he's not really there. Right. 
he is there, but he's not, not there. Not really. You know, and but when you get to the fourth movie and that reveal, mm-hmm. and he like he comes out and you're just like, oh shit, man, man, he is wicked. And then I mean, you 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 get to the Order of the Phoenix and like you know between him and and Dumbledore that fight. Yeah, and I just got chills as yeah. soon as you said that fight. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, but when you get to the end though, and like 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 even at the end, it, it, you know everything that you've come to realize that you know everything that that character was and what you've learned about him. And at the end, and when Harry's like, "Let's go, Tom. Just you and me, like it's always been." And they jump off. You know, you're like, "Shit!" Yeah, yeah. And, and Voldemort's like this. He is one of the best villains of all time, and I, I J.K. Rawlings gets like. My utmost respect for creating one of the greatest villains of all time that didn't have to be there for half the fucking movies. Isn't that crazy? Or books, yeah. Yeah. The way he was portrayed was perfect. Yeah. Um, the way he held his wand oh, yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Like... Yeah, Ray Fiennes just knocked that shit I out mean, of the park. I mean, this shit, like this? Yeah. Like, upside down and yeah. shit? I'm like, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just... He's just one of the ultimate villains. Yeah, and and one of the because I love Voldemort, but the other reason too is because it was a like we said it was a villain that you barely even saw. Yeah, until later on in the films, but he was always known. Yeah, you know, and it was just like this kind of build up, and man, did it pay off. Yeah, when he was in and about. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. yeah. So I love Voldemort. Yeah, he's a, just an absolute fantastic villain and. I mean, like, he, he, he's not there for half the damn movies, but, like, his presence is so big. Right. It's so overshadowing, and you know, you know, he's there. I know. You know, you're just, like, for three movies, you were just waiting. Yeah. You know, when you finally get there, it was like... You just those, wanted a glimpse. Yeah. And when you finally got there, and when you, like, and everything had to be done. And even, like, that moment, like, like when Harry, like Harry has to... You know, his parents had, you know, are fighting Voldemort for him in the fourth movie so he could get away. And you're just like, fuck, this is so fucking good. I know. You know, and he, like, he's kicking. Oh, Voldemort's a great villain. I can't talk about it enough. Like, I, that's, that, that is amazing. Like, yeah. Like, an amazing portrayal of a villain. It's an amazing writing of a villain. It's he's, he's an amazing villain that, like, you completely disagreed with everything he stood for, but fuck, he was good. And when you and when he he was on the screen, he commanded your attention. Right. And see, that's the problem with beasts. Beasts are good movies. Yeah. But they don't have that center villain. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying that Johnny Depp can't pull that off but at he, all. But he's not pulling it off. Yeah. But he's good. Yeah. But the, the character is it's not... It's just the way it's written. Yeah. The character is not nearly as interesting as Voldemort. As Voldemort. No. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Next, I'm going to have to go... Where are we at here? I don't know. Six, right? Maybe? Maybe five. I think it's five. I'm going to have to go with uh, Sauron. <laughs> okay. And the reason I chose this one... Is because you never see him. Just the eye. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you see him in reference. Yeah, in reference, yeah. But. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I thought, I thought, man, well, well that's the ultimate villain. You know what I mean? 
you have this fucking nine-hour tale. Yeah. And you never see the villain. Twelve, depending on which versions you're watching. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you still... The dirty bed scenes with the hobbits. But I mean, like... Yeah. It was a masterpiece. Yeah. I mean, the trilogy was a masterpiece. Yeah. It was. But you never see him. No. Do you know? He's yeah. like controlling everything. Yeah. You know? From afar. Correct. And that's why I found him... I found it interesting as a villain. Yeah. Plus, I think these movies rank... Is these three films probably rank as some of the best films ever made? Yeah, to me personally, yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, as far as like, I mean, without a center villain, yeah, you know, there's no wizard on the mountain going, oh, oh, oh. you know what I mean? Like, sort of, but, but not the, really. The other side of that, though, you could say mm-hmm. is the real villain of that mo- those three movies is the ring. Yeah. Yeah, you can say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. Right. But I I don't know. I just chose Sauron. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. I'm not, and I'm not, you know, you're right. I mean, as far as like, a villain who's like, you know, controlling these armies from afar is like this all-seeing eye. Yeah. You know, you know it, this dude, this eye. Yeah. Just took over Christopher Lee, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he made that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's controlling everything. Right. Like I agree, like I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad choice, but like I can also say, like in reality, like to me, like the ring is the real villain of those stories, right? You know, I mean, I, I see that, yeah. But man, I got Lord of the Rings in somehow, and it had to be, yeah. I gotcha. All right, um, next I'm gonna have to go with. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna laugh because he should have been higher, yeah, much higher, yeah. Nah, I might put him higher. So next, I'm going to go with um, Bolton Ramsey. Uh, so well, that's not a movie, not, though. No, well, it's I had to put him in. Okay. It's pretty much a movie. It's fucking twelve hours. I mean, <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. Yeah, I guess not a movie. I could. Well, let me think on it. I'll put another movie guy. But Bolton Ramsey, he's one of the. I hated that dude. Yeah. I've never hated so much someone in my entire life as yeah. that guy. And I was going to actually put cartoons in or whatever. Yeah. And I probably should have because I thought about putting Scar in. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. So, you're right. Not a movie. Yeah. But I hate I hate fucking Ramsey. I'll give you that. I mean, like, he is a villain that... And between him and the fucking Child King... Yeah. But I hated Ramsey. Yeah. With a fucking passion. Moving on past Ramsey. I gotta put Vader. Oh, yeah. Um, he didn't make number one for me. <laughs> yeah. Probably should've. I love Vader. I'm surprised he didn't. Yeah, well, you'll see. Okay. Uh, he probably could be interchangeable. One and three could probably even be interchangeable. But two has to pretty much stay there. Okay. Um, we, there's no reason to discuss Vader. Yeah, we we all know. Yeah, we're not gonna get I mean, on that it's fucking, hole. it's fucking Vader. Yeah. Uh, two, I have Pinhead. Okay. Um, I don't think in horror there's any more an ultimate villain than Pinhead. Yeah. I mean, you can have your Krugers. Yeah. You can have your Jasons and whatever. But 
they can't touch this dude. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he is from hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think any villain can touch this guy. Yeah. In the horror genre. Right. I don't care who they are. Right. You know? You just Him and the Cenobites. Just come on yeah. up. You know? Um, and I think he's the ultimate villain in, in, the, in horror. I do. I just... I don't see anything... And he scared the shit out of me. He... Like... Once I... I you know... I matured. Because, like, I remember... Like, I remember, like, watching The Shining. I scared the shit out of me as a kid. And I watched The Fog. And I scared the shit out of me as a kid. But once I matured... Like, and I learned... You know, you, you learn, like, this shit's not real and everything else. And, you know, it's all Hollywood magic and all that jazz. Pinhead still scares the shit out of me. Like, to the point that, like, Doug Bradley frightens me. <laughs> I know! Like, Doug Bradley, the nicest man in the world. Yeah. But, like, you know, when we... <laughs> I, Lisa was pregnant with Ellie. Yeah. yeah, she was pregnant with Ellie. And, like, you've got pictures of Doug Bradley, like, touching her belly. Yes. And, like, he's like, identical twins? And I'm just like, dude! Dude, don't talk like that. That's just his normal voice, but yeah. I mean, like, it just goes full on pinhead. You're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, nicest guy in the world. I'm like, don't let him touch you like that. You're dooming your child. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And the thing is, too, like with that, um, I mean, he's just maybe because you kind of know the act. Not that I know the actor, but yeah, he's from Pit. No, he's not from yeah. Pittsburgh, but he lives in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, it's just that um, when it gets into like heaven and hell kind of things yeah I get kind of weirded out so do I right yeah. and so like like I don't mess with Ouija boards yeah <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like I don't want to bring anything into my house right I'm the same from way, yeah. beyond yeah right and like I think Pinhead's like the ultimate Ouija board yeah do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, there is, like, something very real about Barker's, like, his depiction of hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, like, the Cenobites just kind of represent yeah. humanity at the time. Yeah. And he's, like, the king. Yeah. You know? That's how I always viewed it. Right. Like, CD Man. Remember him? Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, and so, he just, he's scary as hell. Yeah. To me. And he's like one of the only horror, I guess, personas that still kind of like give me the jeeps, man. Yeah. Like, I'm like, hey. Yeah. Ah, I don't want to. Yeah. That's a that's too much. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, if I would imagine myself going to hell, I'd probably be talking to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, it was just so well written. I get it. No, I get five, six, and seven. Well, a couple of them were pretty good. Yeah. But I mean, like, that first one was, like, yeah. outrageous. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, my number one, which could be switched out with Vader, uh, was probably the Joker. Really? Yeah, because I loved him so much. He okay. was a villain. Well, he is a villain. Yeah. But... I don't know. I don't know what it is about the Joker. Heath, Leather, Heath Ledger's Joker. Okay, so we're going. With, we're sticking with just the Heath Ledger Joker then, because I haven't seen the new Joker. Well, neither have I. But oh yeah, I would go over that for over the Nicholson Joker. Right. I'll throw a Caesar Romero Joker at you too. Yeah, 
Nah, not yeah. those, because it's sort of like, yeah, he's a villain, but it, you know, the Joker. Yeah. He's gonna buzz your hand. Yeah. This guy's gonna blow up your fucking mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there is a difference with him, right. and like, and I and I think that the way he portrayed him showed this psychotic side, where you're like, man, he's fucking crazy. And that's kind of how I pictured the Joker. That's the interpretation that I always like. Kind of wanted the Joker to be. Do you know what it, I mean? It's the brilliance. And of... I'm not a DC guy. Yeah. But I know Joker and Batman. You know, I watched the animated right. series. Right. Um. And I've watched the movies too. Right. Um. But God damn, and 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 with him too, like there's a history there. That you kind of know, like, like the treating of Harley Quinn, how yeah. killing Ron, you know what I mean, like right. all this stuff that you kind of know, but not told about really in the movies. You right. know what I'm saying? Well, in his movie, right. you know. And uh, I was like, damn, this dude's badass. I just liked how it was portrayed, especially the, especially. <clears throat> I think one of the most the greatest parts in that movie to me was when he went to bust up those guys at that pool hall yeah and he was like well I have a couple spots open yeah and he fucking throws the cues at him and he's like whoever wins whatever he says and be quick and be quick I'm like god damn dude this dude this dude is badass yeah and then he walks into a fucking table of gangsters yeah like I don't give a fuck yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, that is the guy, you know? So I, that's I, why I love him so much. I thought what was... Uh, and I watched that movie fucking constantly. Yeah. I think what's interesting is, like, at, at the time, and I don't know why Nolan gave this up for the third movie, but, you know, he... he the first two Dark Knight movies, he sticks very much to a feel of realism. Yeah. And... That's the thing about that version of the Joker that is scary is he actually feels real. Yeah. You know, he, he's not... He didn't fall in a, a vat of, of chemicals and come out crazy. He's a man who has beliefs, and those beliefs are pure anarchy. Yeah. You know, and you don't know what he's thinking. You don't know what he's going to do. And you, like... It was you, crazy, like how, yeah. how he threw What's-Her-Name out of the window. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. That's a poor choice of words. Yeah. yeah I mean, it just fucking whips her. Yeah. I mean, that's fucking crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, there was so much, like, to that character that... Getting two boats and putting prisoners on one boat and putting normal citizens on another boat and yeah. letting them decide. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy to yeah. me. Like, he, he was... So he, many well-written parts in that film. I mean, he says it himself, I'm an agent of chaos. Yeah. That's it. And that's the beauty of what Heath Ledger's character was. What Heath Ledger portrayed and what Christopher Nolan put to the page was so intricate. Like, that character. Like, you wanted to know more about it, but you don't. Yeah. You know, like, like what... what how did he get those scars? Because you get three different stories. Exactly. You know? And each story, it gets better as each story goes along. Right. And like, and more importantly, like, like what, what is his background? Like, what was he special ops? What, 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 what is, what, what made this person the way that he is that he could do what he does? Yeah. You know, and it was, he's such a fascinating character and it's like, 
you know, we discussed it. It's such a shame that Heath Ledger passed away because you know he would have been a part of that third film. And, you know, you want to know what that would have been. I would love to see, like, even just, like, the notes that Christopher Nolan had for that third movie of what Ledger's role was going to be. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. So, I mean, an audience loved him, too. Yeah. I mean, he was just fantastic. And goofy. But not, like... I think I liked it so much because he wasn't like how do I call like corny goofy no he was I mean the furthest thing from it yeah I mean his corny jokes were like fucking demented yeah you know what I mean like even when he fucking one of the best portraits of him is him in the nurse uniform yeah you know what I mean and I'm going huh yeah (laughs) <laughs> the bank blow, the, the, the hospital he blows up. He fucking blows up a hospital. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. So a couple honorable mentions that I had to mm-hmm. uh, you know get across here. Um, um, for my kids and me, because they were like, Dad, you got it. So I have to put Joan Crawford, Mommy Dearest. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, she was evil. Yeah. Um, and you're gonna appreciate this, and this is from my children. Okay. Spader from Less Than Zero. Oh, yeah. Oh, fucking yeah. I don't know which is more disturbing. <laughs> the fact that we're bringing up Spader in Less Than Zero or the fact that your kids brought up Spader in Less Than Zero. The yeah. they've seen that movie bothers me a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Edward Scissorhands. Oh. Um, it still bothers him to Mike, this day. Michael Anthony Hall. Oh, yeah. 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 They they viewed always viewed him as the evil villain. Yeah, and uh, Constantine. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Okay. So yeah, that's well, certainly an interesting list. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I gave it some thought into the list. It wasn't like yeah, I gave like massive extreme film mm-hmm. to American Psycho. Yeah. yeah, I felt like I covered different kind of villains. Yeah, versus you know Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so except for Ramsey, I could not get I could not get him out of my head when I was writing this list. Yeah, I wrote this list. I mean, you can see this is the yeah fourth incarnation of it, <laughs> but um, I just could not get him out of my head. Yeah, I mean like. And I had Magneto on this list at one time, <clears throat> but he was—he was more of too much of an anti-hero for me. Yeah, yeah. But he's such a badass villain. Yeah. And, the, and and the scene with Magneto is always the bridge. Yeah. Taking the iron out of that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I get you. Yeah. All right. I don't so, know how much I'm involved. I'm going to be in. I mean, I know a little bit. Okay, well, my, my top ten list is my, my top ten favorite pro wrestlers. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's a weird list. I, I, I wanted to do this list, and Nancy's like, you should have done this with your dad. I'm like, yeah, well. But I know you don't I, – like, you're right. Like, I know you're not a huge wrestling fan. I, you know a little bit of it. Right. But, um, I, you know, I think my list is interesting, and I'll certainly have my reasons for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. So, um, the number ten. Okay. Rob Van Dam. 
Okay. The whole effing show. Now, Rob Van Dam, in all honesty, probably should be higher on this list. Okay. But Rob Van Dam, the, the human being, has proven to be an unreliable person who can't get past his need to get high all the time. Okay. Okay. But if you put Rob Van Dam in the ring, especially in in the the 90s and in the 2000s, the early 2000s, nah. the guy was one of the most amazing performers I've ever seen. Okay. Like, the stuff he could do in the ring, like, you had never seen before, and it's just like, holy, holy fuck, this guy can go. Right, right. You know? Um... But unfortunately, like you know, like he at one time he was both the WWF champion and the ECW champion. He held both belts. He got pulled over for for possession, and the WWE had to suspend him and take both belts off of him, and he never recovered. Really? Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he, he he's done other things. He's been in other promotions. Like he's been in TNA. He's been in Impact. He's been in Ring of Honor. Like he's kicked around. But like the WWE is like, yeah, we gave you a shot, and you blew it. Yeah, you know, so, but yeah, Rob Van Dam, like especially if you go back to like the, the early two thousands, like he had a series of matches. Um, I can't believe I can't remember the guy's name though. But he had this series of matches with this, and they're just masterpieces, right? Fucking masterpieces. Um, at number nine, I have Chris Jericho. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And I put Jericho on this list for for a number of reasons, but like I think the most important one is he has found a way to reinvent himself. He has all the time. I have to say that. Like when I first saw Chris Jericho in the in the mid nineties, like he was coming out of Japan, he was Lionheart Chris Jericho. He was flying around the ring. You know, he was doing. Like, you know, the lion sold off the ropes. He was doing all this stuff. He, he was like this, and he's ama- it was like this amazing performer. I was like, holy shit. And then he goes to WCW, and he kind of changes a little bit. He goes to WWF, and he changes. He incorporates the walls of Jericho. And while he's in WWF this entire time, he keeps evolving the character and evolving the character. And now he's in AEW, and he's old, and he, you know, he's, he's in good shape, but, you know, he's not... He's not a young man anymore you know he's he's got that old man body now and he's completely changed what he does how his ring how he's in, in the ring how he is out of the ring he cuts still some of the best promos in the business it's just it's one of those things where like chris jericho has continued to evolve over the years and keep himself relevant which is something that so many guys don't do they get stuck in their gimmick that's their gimmick that's what they do and they're done yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? He has said, no, I'm Chris Jericho. This is what I do. And he's continued to evolve. And now he's the pain maker, Chris Jericho. And, nice. You know, he, he, he's so impressive even to, like, you know, still watching his matches. You're like, fuck, this guy can still go. Yeah, you yeah. Know, it's a different type of go, you know, but he can still go. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, he's very impressive. And I applaud Chris Jericho for, for evolving over time and keeping himself relevant where so many other guys just want to be one thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, this worked for three years. Why is it not working now? I can't do anything else. Not Chris Jericho. Right. You know, so. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, next up I have Sabu. Okay. Uh, Sabu was in ECW. He, he went to WWF for a little bit. He was with Rob Van Dam. But he was he was one of those guys that like, ECW was made for him because he would do things like he would launch himself into the crowd to take you out. 
<laughs> um, like he he was in the match. It's the most horrific match I've ever watched. It was a a barbed wire match with Terry Funk. So in a barbed wire match, what they do is they take the ropes off and they rope the ring with barbed wire. Yeah. At one point, him and Terry Funk are wrapped in the barbed wire, and it's not fake barbed wire. Yeah. It's real barbed wire. It isn't. So it isn't like. And he had a cut, a rip, a tear, whatever the fuck you want to call it, down his bicep, down his arm. It required like like 47 staples or something to put it together. And he's just duct taping it to keep the match going. You could see the meat in his arm hanging out. And he's just duct taping it together to continue the match. Holy he was fuck. a sick individual. Like a completely sick individual. And like... It, it was like one of those things where, like, at that time, it was like, this is maybe the greatest thing I have ever seen. Today, it horrifies me. Because it's like, I know the, the the toll that's taken on both of those men's bodies. Right. Like, that match took years off of their life. You know? And other matches like that are just like, wow, I can't believe I loved this shit in the 90s. <laughs> you know? But, yeah, yeah. But, but still, like, but he was a guy that was... Also, like as as much as he, he was good at those hardcore matches and the, the the shit he could do in a hardcore match with chairs and stuff like that, he was a high flyer that if you put him in a regular match, he could actually go, yeah, and and perform well. And it's just like he he made his living just scarring his body like that, yeah, you know. But I, I one of the big things like when I think of guys that like I I, I love, I, I have to they have to be I have to have like matches in my mind to come up and I go. That was a great match. That was a great match. He was involved in so many great matches. And, so, and I guess there's going to be guys who got left off this list. I'll tell you now, Steve Austin is not on this list. Yeah. You know, and because when I think of Steve Austin, I only think of one good great match. And that's the one against Bret Hart at WrestleMania. Yeah. You know, I can't think of another great match Steve Austin had. Right. You know, he's a great performer. He was great on the mic. He was great for the, the time. He had a great gimmick that worked at that time yeah. to perfection. But overall, he wasn't that great of a wrestler. Yeah, you know, and like his, what worked for him was this this Austin three sixteen gimmick, and so like he doesn't make my list because I can only think of one match I can really think of where I thought, "Fuck, what an amazing match that guy had." Yeah, like the, these three guys I'm talking about, I can think of amazing matches after amazing matches after amazing matches that they had that we're just like, "Holy shit, I can't believe they did that." And that's kind of what my list is based on. Okay. Um, at number seven, I've got Randy Savage. Yeah. The macho man. Yeah. And Randy was tough because there's like the 80s Randy Savage, and then there's the 90s Randy Savage. And the 90s driver Randy Savage was like, he, he, he bulked up and was a much different wrestler, uh. but he was still the macho man. Yeah. You know, whereas like when the 80s, he was a bit slimmer, he was still. Big, but he was a slimmer guy, and he had more technical wrestling matches. And like you think of like WrestleMania three, the match between him and Ricky Steamboat, mm. you know. And I mean, Ricky Steamboat was a guy who could go. Yeah, you know, yeah, he he was a guy who could go technical for technical. He had some classic matches with Rick Flair. The fact that Ricky Steamboat's not on this list, I kind of think is a shame. Mm. But like I think of like you know WrestleMania three with Ricky Steamboat. I think of the matches he had with Ric Flair in, in the eighties, where like they had like sixty minute time limit draws. Wow. You know, because that, that's what they did. You yeah. know, and but like Randy Savage was a guy like I I I think of matches over the years that he had like he had a great feud with 
Jake Roberts. He had the, the feud with Ricky Steamboat. Even the, the the feud with Hogan, like where the, there were the mega powers, and you know Hogan wins them the title by you know hitting the, the DiBiase in the back with a chair, and then a year later back at Trump Plaza for WrestleMania Five, it's you know Hogan Savage one on one. It's you know and Savage carries that match. You know, yeah, yeah, because uh, he's Randy Savage. I mean, it, it, it's so good. Like he, and like that's the Randy Savage I think of. Like I don't like thinking about the '90s Savage because it was like it was a much different wrestler and he was a different character and I didn't care for it. Yeah, but but I I, I still think of like the '80s Savage. I think wow, that's that's great stuff. Mm. Uh, at number six, I have Kerry Von Erich. Okay, the modern day warrior. Okay. Te- you know, and I mean, for those who don't know, like like Kerry Von Erich was, he was he was from Texas. He was from the Dallas area. He wrestled in world class championship wrestling the majority of his career. He finished he finished his career with the WWF. He was the Texas Tornado. Yeah. Um. If you ignore the Texas Tornado stuff, and you look at what he did in w- in world class, he was an amazing performer. Like when he went to w- the WWF, he had a, a bad foot. Like like. It was amputated, I think, and like, he had like a wooden shoe. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, but like they wouldn't tell anybody because it was like they wanted him to like the money, mm. you know. So like it was like one of those weird things, and like so like, it, like he wasn't that good in WWF because of, because of this. But when you look back at his WWCW days, um, he was amazing. Like his match against Ric Flair in the first Von Erich Memorial t- um, show at, at Dallas Stadium. Was amazing, mm. you know. And he wins the title, and then he goes to Japan. And he drops it to Flair in another amazing match. Yeah, like just a, a week later, um, you know, he, he was involved. Like you know, he, he had a great feud with a guy named Iceman King Parsons. Um, that they put on a couple of amazing f- matches as well. Like he, Kerry Von Erich was like this great technical wrestler who, like, if it wasn't for like. The fact that he probably had, that he had this this accident, this motorcycle accident that cost him his foot, like when he went to the WWF, he would have been the heavyweight champion. Yeah, yeah, he was that good. Yeah, like he, they would have, they could have put the belt around his his waist, but between the motorcycle accident, losing his foot, and his demons with drugs, he ended up killing himself. Yeah, you know, which is the story of many of the Von Erichs, unfortunately. Right, but um, he was just one of those guys. Like the first time I saw him. And like his, his theme song was um, Tom Sawyer by Rush. Yeah. You know, you know, when you hear that music hit and, like, you know, you'd see him coming to the ring and you're just like, holy shit, he is the modern day warrior. Yeah. You know, yeah. I could see that, you know. So he was one of those guys I absolutely loved and R.I.P., baby. Nice. <laughs> you know, um, at number five, I have Edge. 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 Okay. Now, first off, I. I have seen one of Edge's greatest triumphs, and that was when he beat The Undertaker. He cashed in his money in the bank after The Undertaker had already been brutalized by many other people. Yeah. <laughs> he cashed in his money in the bank and wins the title. So I got covered in popcorn and beer that night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people were pissed at me. Really? Because oh, it's like one of those things where, like, okay, so he had, I can't even remember who the, the fucking cage match. It was like a, a SmackDown taping. Uh huh. So he has this cage match where he wins the he, he, he defends the title in the cage. He wins the match, uh-huh. but he gets the shit beat out of him. Uh-huh. As he's leaving, down comes Mark Henry, 
who's making his triumphant return to the WWF somehow, yeah. goes down and beats the shit out of the Undertaker, and like like ramming him into the ring and then into the ring apron and just slamming him around, like just beats the hell out of him. Mark Henry leaves, and Taker's just laying in the ring, and you're just like, wow, okay, I guess this is how the show ends, and then you hear the music. Edge's music hits. He comes down. He's got the money in the bank. Um, the cash in for a world title shot at any time. Cashes that in. And he take, like, goes to pin the taker. And taker kicks out. Yeah, yeah. And so he, eventually he's got to hit the spear. And he gets to win. And like I'm just going nuts. I'm like, this is phenomenal. This is great. This is the greatest moment in wrestling I've ever seen. And people were throwing popcorn and beer at me. Nancy's like, sit the fuck down, you asshole. Where was this? At the arena. Oh, at the arena. At the Civic Arena. Nice. Yeah. So, but Edge, he was like, well, he, he was one of those guys. I mean, for, he started off as a tag team guy with like Christian, and they had great matches. Um, you think of all the, the the table ladders and chairs matches they had with the, the Dudleys Boys. and the Hardy Boys. Oh my god. You know, those were phenomenal. But like later on, like Edge as a singles performer did very well and he he was he, he was such a great performer it's like the thing that always bothered me was like he didn't get to have that great feud with somebody that was his equal as a singles performer like the guy he ended up fighting a lot was John Cena <laughs> Cena you know and like as great as John Cena is like with a microphone and as good as John Cena looks he was never that good of an in-ring performer yeah like he was he was a, he wasn't a guy who could go with a, a technical guy you had to put him up against a monster yeah. So, like, it, it always disappointed me that, like, that was, like, his big feud. And I'm kind of glad he came back now after, you know, his, his neck is healed and he's kind of going at it again. And, I'm you know, I hope he does well and he, he has a nice one more run in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, at this point. But, like, he was always just one of those guys that I thought, like, you know, fuck, he is one of the best I've ever seen when he gets a chance to really go for it. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, that's Edge. At number five. At number four, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Okay. And, again, like, you know, <laughs> he's one of those guys that, like, over his career, and his career is twofold. Like, there's, like, the pre-back injury, and then there's the post-back injury, where he stole the show, like, in either era. Like, he changed a little bit because he was older. You know, he had some back problems that they were healed, but still he was a bit more careful. But still, like, you look back at, like, beforehand, before he lost the title to Steve Austin, you know, the matches with Bret Hart, the 60-minute Iron Man match, you look at the the latter matches against Razor Ramon, you look at just, like, the body of his, his work at... Like up to that point, even the match with Austin was like a good match, mm. you know. Um, and he was even involved in like the the greatest controversial match of all time, the Montreal Screwjob, where you know Bret Hart his contract was up, and Vince basically stole the belt from Bret Hart. Yeah, like you know the greatest controversy of all time, and he's involved in that match. Um, but then later on, he comes back. And he has this great run. And, like, he even, like, he's, he's involved in, like, one of the greatest moments of all time. And that's Ric Flair's final match in the WWF. Yeah. Or WWE. And, you know, 
the the storyline was that McMahon had put this edict on on Flair that you know you have to keep winning matches. The second the moment you lose a match, you're fired. So Flair goes on this amazing run leading into WrestleMania, and he has to go up against Shawn Michaels, and they have this amazing match. It's just fantastic. But at the end of it, like it's clear Flair's beaten and he's about to lose the match. And in classic Flair style, he picks himself up off the ring and he's got that woozy kind of look going, but he got his his fists up and the hair's a mess and everything else. And he's kind of looking at Shawn Michaels and Michaels is in the corner ready to deliver the super kick, the sweet chin music. And he goes, you see him, he says it, you can clearly see what he says. He says, I'm sorry and I love you. And he delivers the super kick that puts Flair out. Yeah. And it's like one of these, like, watching that, like, I've watched that moment a hundred times from that WrestleMania, and it still makes me misty-eyed every time I watch it. Really? Yeah. Because, I mean, you, you wish, like, for two reasons. I mean, one, it's like this great moment where, where <laughs> Shawn Michaels is, is Ric Flair's friend in real life. Mm. So, like, it was like this great moment where these two people got to have this amazing moment. But two, you really wish that it had been Flair's last moment as a pro wrestler. Like, he, his contract expired, he went to TNA, he did some shit in TNA, and you're just like, I wish you hadn't done that. I wish that had been your going away moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was almost like seeing, like, like seeing Tom Brady in a, in a Buccaneers jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like, it's just going to look weird. Yeah. You know, and you just wish he had gone out another way. But, um... The Shawn Michaels, yeah, absolutely. Like, he, did he, like, like, hug him afterwards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had to... Big moment afterwards and everything, yeah. Oh, real? Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's like one of those, just one of those great moments. I, it, I just, I love that moment. Like, you know, I'm sorry, I love you. You know, yeah. and he delivers, delivers a killing blow. Yeah, you know. At number three, I have Bret Hart. Okay, the hitman, yeah, the hitman, Bret Hart. Truly, one of the greatest technical wrestlers of all time. Yeah, yeah, like. He's one of those. You, I mean, like he again, like he had matches of technical expertise. Like when he was given given an opportunity, and like he was the guy who saved the WWF at the time. You know, they were coming out of the controversy, the steroids controversy. Hogan had left. Savage was leaving. Like all these guys were bailing out to go to WCW, and they put the belt on Bret Hart, and he carried the franchise as the face. And did so with nothing but but style, and like he was a guy that again like he had these great matches with Shawn Michaels. He had you know great matches with the British Bulldog. He had, he had so many great matches where you were just like when he's given an opportunity, like if he was put it against a guy like a, a Yokozuna or something, it's it, that's tough because it's he you know he's a smaller guy against a vastly bigger guy. A guy like Hogan could go with a, like a bigger guy like that because that's what you wanted. You wanted to see Hogan killing the monsters. Yeah. With Bret Hart, you wanted to see him wrestle. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he was just so good at what he did. And even as a tag team, as the, as the Hart Foundation with Jim Neidhart, just they were amazing. Like yeah. he, You could just see that this guy was meant to be a star. <clears throat> and, again, he was a guy who... At the end of his career, like, you know, he, when he left the WWF, he goes to WCW. WCW doesn't know what the fuck to do with him. 
Yeah. You know, he kind of wasted there for a few years, and then eventually he retired. Uh-huh. You know, but, you, you know, you go back and you watch old Bret Hart matches, and you're just like, shit. Guy was good. Yeah. Yeah. At number two, I had the franchise Shane Douglas. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shane, Shane Douglas is mostly known as, a, as an ECW guy from the 90s. Uh-huh. He kicked around. He, 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 you know, he was Dean Douglas in the WWF, where he had a great feud with Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he was in the WCW for a while, but like his run in ECW, he did two things. Like, first off, he was the first ever ECW champion, and he has this amazing speech because they had they put on this show, and they were at the time known as Eastern Championship Wrestling, mm-hmm. and they were part of the NWA, and so he wins the NWA World Title. You know, and which was a great match against Scorpio Sky. Not Scorpio. Too cold Scorpio. Too cold Scorpio. Um, so he has this amazing match. He wins the title. And he gives this speech about how things are changing. And he's holding the, the, the NWA world title. One of the greatest belts in the history of mankind. And he's looking at it. And he goes, and this is for the Dusty Rose and the Harley Races and the Ric Flairs. And he goes on this list. And then he's like... And I'm throwing it away. And he throws the NWA title down. He picks up the, the Eastern Championship Wrestling title and declares himself the East the Extreme Championship Wrestling World Heavyweight Champion. Nice. And it was like one of these fan- amazing moments that like you're like, holy like it, and it changed wrestling forever because that launches ECW. Paul Heyman's allowed to do what he does, and he launches this juggernaut of of underground wrestling that was at the time absolutely amazing and needed and it changed wrestling forever and Shane Douglas is partially responsible for that but like I've seen Shane Douglas wrestle so many matches that were just phenomenal like I, I, I was at the 1997 November to remember at the Beaver County you know Beaver Dome where he beats Bam Bam Bigelow for the world heavyweight title you know and it was like one of those moments I'll never forget for the rest of my life because the other thing with Shane Douglas was he was a villain yeah. he, was, he was a heel he, he, you know, one of the greatest moments is as a guy legitimately has a broken neck. He's wearing a big halo. He grabs a dude by the halo and whips him around with it. Like, you're like, who the fuck does that? Yeah. You know, like, holy shit. You know, but that, that's the kind of guy Shane Douglas was. So he was like this, this huge villain. Uh-huh. Massive villain. Hated everywhere he went. Except in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. His hometown. Nice. He wore black and yellow. The franchise was a big, like, Superman logo with a big F in it and black and gold. Like, yeah. he was a hometown boy. And when he came to Pittsburgh, he was the hero. Yeah, yeah. No matter what was going on, no matter who he was fighting, he was the hero. Nice. Like, I saw, the first time I, I got to see him live, I, the first time I got to see him live was at Eastland Mall. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, in the, like when... Uh, PWX is in the back of the candy store yeah, yeah. up at Eastland Mall. Yeah, yeah. He comes out, he beats the shit out of this guy. And <laughs> this guy's name was JV Destiny. And I'll never forget, like, JV Destiny was like this little guy, but he was like the the underdog here that everybody loved. Like, you get guys like that in the indies. Yeah. And he shows up and beats the hell out of them. And there's this woman, and she's going, Get him, JB! Get him! Get up! We know you can do it! You can beat him! And Douglas has him in the corner right in front of this woman and he's mocking her. He's like like looking down at him as he's he's just like 
whitewashing them with his hand, like smacking them back and forth, going, get him, JV, get him. He's just mocking this woman. And, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, and like, she's just so angry with him. But, like, he was just this great villain character. And, like, I, 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 he was a guy that, like, you know, if he didn't have a problem, his problem was he was a dickhead. <laughs> like, he, would, he, he, he talked out of turn. You know, he, he, he probably, in many ways, he was right, but, like, he talked about how Ric Flair kind of ruined his career in WCW and wouldn't book him properly. He talked about how Vince McMahon didn't know what the hell he was doing with them. He made him, like, you know, I'm a dean. I'm supposed to be an educator. What the fuck is up with this? Yeah. I'm the fucking franchise, for God's sake. You know, uh-huh. and, you know, like, nobody knew what to do with him, but Paul Heyman did. Paul Heyman let Shane Douglas be Shane Douglas. And so, like, his time in ECW was this amazing run of where he was just this this great heel character that people absolutely hated, but he was so damn good yeah, that you couldn't help but respect what he did, <laughs> you know? And I love guys like that. So, and I know you've I mean, look, look up some old Shane Douglas matches. Like, you'll, you'll be, like... You'll be impressed. Okay. We almost had him on the show once. Really? <laughs> yeah. How did you do that? I don't remember that. Well, okay, fun story. I told us Thad ripped me for this. But the weekend I moved here into oh, this I house. I remember that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Could have had him on the show, but I couldn't work it. Yeah. Um, and lastly, that number one. I don't think this is any surprise. Nature Boy Ric Flair. Okay. The GOAT. <laughs> the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah. You know, I Ric Flair epitomized, in my opinion, what a pro wrestler should be. Okay. Like, he had a great gimmick, which he kind of lived. <laughs> yeah. You know, but also... Like, in, as an in-ring performer, there's not many you can say that are better. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just, you can't. You, you like, Whether you love him or you hate him, you had to admit Ric Flair in the ring was one of the greatest in-ring performers. Okay. Like, he had so many great matches. Like, you, you, you the the draw with Sting at, at the first Clash of Champions. Um, you, the steel cage matches with Dusty Rhodes. The 60-minute match draws with uh, Ricky Steamboat. You know, he goes to the WWF. He, he's the first man into the Royal Rumble, and he lasts all the way to the end and wins the Royal Rumble to win his first WWF championship. You know, the the match against Shawn Michaels to end his career. Like, there, he had so many great matches over this long-standing period of time, and it was, like, one of those things where, like, you'd pay – he was a guy you would pay money to see. Yeah. You know, and like, it, more importantly, like, when he cut promos, like, it was like, you listened to what he had, you wanted to hear what he had to say. Like, you yeah. wanted to know what Ric Flair was going to say next. Yeah. Like, he'd come out and, he'd, you know, be in his Armani suit and his Rolex watch and he'd tell you, you know, there's a $2,000 Armani suit, I'm wearing a $500 Rolex watch. You know, he would tell you everything. You know, yeah. I'm a limousine riding, Learjet flying, son of a gun. Like, and he backed that shit up. And you know, all the ladies want to ride Space Mountain. 
Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he was so fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very. I'm I'm privileged to have seen him perform over the years as much as I was able to. Like it was like one one of those gifts from God that we were able to get TBS on Saturdays at six oh five. Yeah. Because yeah. then we get to see Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen and everything that they did. And I oh the glory days. <laughs> so it's a good list. That's my list. Very well presented. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I would encourage you if, if I, I'm sure there's people watching like who the fuck is he talking about? Look up some of these guys. Like look up Rob Van Dam in the ECW. Look up Sabu. Look up uh, Shane Douglas because like you know you look at their stuff and especially in ECW where they were given an opportunity to really shine and do some really fucked up but amazing shit. Sometimes like, Shane Douglas not so much. Like Shane Douglas was a straight up wrestler. Van Dam and Sabu could go with the hardcore route. Yeah. Like, they could incorporate chairs and shit like that. Shane Douglas was a straight-up wrestler. And that was the thing I loved about ECW, too, like, back in the day. Like, you would go from, like, a hardcore match where people were getting smacked in the head with chairs to, like, a match where you had, like, two Lucha Libres going at it in that high-speed, high-flying style. And then you have a guy like Shane Douglas who would come out and slow it down and actually wrestle. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it was, like, this little bit for everybody, you know, type of situation, so. That's cool. Yeah. Right, let's go ahead and dip our Tony old mailbag. Sounds good. Mailbag. And as always, we start with a good friend, Superfan Thad. Thad writes Hello, my two favorite hosts who are facially challenged. Nice. That means ugly. Thanks, oh, buddy. Thanks. What are you guys doing to prevent the spread of the coronavirus? Here's what I am doing. I'm licking all the doorknobs to conserve hand sanitizer. Yuck. Even if there wasn't some horrible disease going around, that's nasty. Yeah. I'm also wearing my undies on the outside of my clothes. I've decided to only press my bare ass cheeks on Tim's window only once a day now. I need to be safe. Well, good for Tim. Who would have thought it would be normal to sing your ABCs while washing your hands in the Walmart bathroom? People used to tell me I was crazy. Okay. Okay. I was watching Ancient Aliens the other day, and I recognized the one that probed me. Yuck. Have you stocked up on any TP or food? I stocked up on Vaseline. Good <laughs> stuff. You never know when you're going to run short. I don't even want to know. Yeah. If I send a message to my love, Marion Ross, just to make sure she is safe from the, the SARS virus, do you think that would violate the PFA? Yes. Yes, it would. Yes. Okay, time to go. I need to sanitize my humping pillow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yuck, and yuck, and yuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have our good friend, the Otter. Okay. Better known as our good, good friend, Superfan Tim. Tim Rayson. Hey, Pittsburgh nerds. Hey. Just a quick write-in is, I'm extremely busy with quarantine duties. I bet. I've been hanging out with the pup a bunch this week, trying to keep her going with schoolwork. Couple of days of her, of trying to keep her going, and God 
damn, I'm ready to vote for anyone who will pay teachers a million dollars. I'm doing it with one kid. Fuck this. I'm giving her a tablet and a, a fur, the first second rate educational game I can find. Nice. Yeah. Right. Hey, I. first off, I've, I've always been somebody who believes that teachers are very underpaid. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine. Like, it's like one of those funny things where, like, if I'm quarantined, I don't care. My right. life, my life, like the, the the meme is, you know, the this is what we're supposed to do to be quarantined. It's like, well, fuck, that's my lifestyle already, right? <laughs> you know, right. but like people who are like one, people who are on the go, and two, people who have kids, like I can't imagine the living hell they're going through. I bet. Oh, well, yeah. Ellie's bored as hell. I'm sh- like, I, I I'm just like, you know, I. Mm. More power to you, folks. <laughs> right. Pretty pumped to hear about the 70-inch TV. Got to work on Beaver to get one of those. Well, let me tell you, Tim. It's got a beautiful picture. Very. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to deny that. Playing Madden on it was amazing. <laughs> Pretty pumped to hear... Oh, I was going to read that. Um, about... All right, I need to get some sleep. This parenting shit is exhausting. <laughs> I could only imagine, my friend. <laughs> and next up, we have a, an email from our good friend, the Mongoose. Hey. Better known as Anthony. Yeah. For those who don't know, the Mongoose lives in Ireland. He does. He does. Hey, Sean and Ian. Hey. So we're all in this shit together. We are. I've had the option of working from home since Thursday as someone in our office was showing signs of the virus. I'm lucky enough that I can do my job from home, so all good. Louise works in a school, so they've been shut down for over for over a week, so she's home with the kids. I've been impressed with how we are dealing with this whole situation. Announcing all pubs were closed the day before St. Patrick's Day would have normally been as welcome as Bill Cosby in the Coma Award. Nice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, but we just got on with it. Off licenses are still open, so there's no shortage of beer in homes, and now people don't have to worry about driving to work after a night on the on the beer every cloud. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people were adjusting to uh, drinking at home. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like it was funny. Like, Nancy's friends were like, "Hey, you want to go out tonight?" And he's like, "Where?" Yeah, everything shut down. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, you can come on over, hang out with us. And he's like, "Nah, I think I'm just gonna stay home." Yeah, yeah. Shit. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I do find it weird they're going to go ahead with the Olympics, though. Even the European Championships, only second to the World Cup in the world of soccer competitions, has been postponed for a year. I think it's one of those weird things. Like I think the Olympics are, are far enough off that they're kind of hoping to get them in. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't, don't, don't forget, we just got WrestleMania canceled this past week. Yeah. It's now being it's gonna be a two day event in, in an empty arena in you know in Orlando. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I mean, yes, I'm not surprised that they that they haven't canceled the Olympics yet because again, it's all about the money. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody's got to make some money at some point. Um. We have Disney Plus launching on the 24th, so we'll be binging the shit out of The Mandalorian. Good timing. This pandemic is encouraging us to be antisocial, which suits me just fine. Nice. Anyway, enough about this shit. Yeah, like I said, like, you know, finding out that, you know, being quarantined is basically my, my own personal lifestyle is kind of upsetting. Sure. You know, but... Um, other sad news last week was the passing of Ma... Max von Sydow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he'd been in so many classic movies as Flash Gordon and so iconic in The Exorcist. Yep. Yeah. He was also in Needful Things uh-huh. as Leland Gaunt and in Dune 2. Yes, I mean, plus The Force Awakens, as you say here. Yeah. He was ages as he looked 100 in 1973 as Father Merlin. <laughs> he did. Um, also, I think we'd be remiss without matching, matching the passing of Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yes. The gambler's gone. Yeah. Um, as expected, five I don't... Five pack. Hmm? Nothing. What'd you say? Five pack. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the racing movie? Were you like, six pack. Six pack, yeah. So I said five pack. That's right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as expected, I've been Lady. watching... A... <laughs> Just yeah. I've been watching a lot of stuff... <laughs> I'm up to date on Picard, which is fantastic. Very impressed with the whole thing. And Seven of Nine, sweet Jesus in heaven. Uh-huh. Even though it was fan service, the Troy Riker episode gave me a, a Sally Up moment. It did. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good, actually a good episode. It was. I don't, I, I mean, I get where you can say it's fan service to a certain extent, but it play, it, it played its role. Yeah. You know, and Troy and Riker were so good. Yeah, you know, like they, they were very good. Is like, and like I liked that. It, the thing I liked about that episode was they were real with Picard. It wasn't like, oh, the great captain's here, my co-captain, my captain. It was like, what the fuck are you doing, old man? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed the Doctor Who episode, and it was a bold move to do what they did. And now this makes Peter Cushing an official Doctor. I always loved those movies. But they were like dirty little secrets that the BBC shoved into a closet somewhere. I do still think we need to have more focus on the Doctor and less on the companions in the next series, though. Well, I will tell you, I, I, I'm sure you know it, Anthony, um, but uh, apparently the rumor is that two of the companions will be leaving um, with the Christmas episode. Yeah. So um, there may be more focus on the Doctor going forward. I believe uh, the two the two men are going to be leaving. I believe Yaz is staying behind. So I'm interested to see where that goes because I think Yaz has feelings for the Doctor. I see. Like you know what I mean. Like so, I think it's going to be very interesting to see where that goes. Uh, before the lockdown, I caught the Invisible Man in the cinema. I absolutely loved it. Huh. Um, I went in blind of this. Never watched any trailers, and glad I didn't. There were some real chilling scenes, and it was so tense throughout. I found myself examining every inch of the background looking for the invisible dude, and it had me on the edge of my seat for most of it. As a horror, it worked, and it it was great to see a different take on the genre. 
Like the Hollow Man, this went in some dark places. I've heard his, uh, that version of Invisible Man is very good. I've heard nothing but good things about it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, watched Midsummer on Amazon. Very impressed with this too. Again, I went in blind on this and loved it. It's long, but never boring, and builds a real sense of dread. Reminded me of The Wicker Man. <laughs> Has some great gore scenes and is quite fucked up. I also went to a great gig just before the lockdown, thankfully. Yeah. Angel Death, Exodus, and Testament. I've never seen any of these before, so it was a, a treat to get them all in the same bill. Lots of old school thrash metal. My only complaint was the sound for Exodus was a bit crap. Gary Holt was back from his stint in Slayer, and it felt like the Gary Holt show. You could hardly hear the other guitarist as everything was drowned out by Holt's showboating. It makes a, it's a small complaint to make. I was due to see Napalm Death, but that has been postponed. Napalm Death. Yeah. In other news. The podcast that started it all for me and eventually led me to Pittsburgh Nerd is back after a few years' absence. The first podcast I heard was the Fear Shop Horror Podcast. Two hosts, Mike and Frank, chat about all things horror and old school metal. They also had a separate metal podcast, too. I think they were based in Philly. When they finished up, I discovered Pittsburgh Nerd. You guys reminded me of them, so it was an easy choice to subscribe. Anyway, Mike is back, but Frank isn't, so Mike has brought along his son, and they review horror movies. It's interesting to hear the new generation's view on some classic horror. Yeah, I bet. But I wanted to give them a shout-out, as I wouldn't have found Pittsburgh Nerd, Besotted Geek, or Two Dude Review without them. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what was the name of that again? That was uh, the Fear Shop Horror Podcast. So uh, <clears throat> I want to thank them for leading... The good old mongoose to us. For sure. Stay safe and away from people. Yeah. Yeah. Stay safe and away from people. Ant. Thanks. Well, thank you, mongoose. It's good to hear from you and good to hear that you are safe across the pond. Yeah, for sure. Indeed. Well, is there anything you'd like to add to proceedings there, sir? I'm good, sir. All right. Well, remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Uh, you can send us an email like these fine folks have, and that email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Yeah. You can also find us on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd. And remember, we are a member of a number of different podcasting networks. Um, we're on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Danger Entertainment Network. Uh, so just give them a, a listen, and you'll find, give us a Google search, and you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, the listener, for checking us out each and every week. Uh, we can't thank you enough for that. Um, you know, the next few weeks are going to be very telling. Um, you know, at some point we may have to do it where it's just me and Nancy um, because of just the way life is. But our goal right now is to still try to put out a show each and every week uh, to for us to get away from things and to help you get away from things for a little bit as well. Oh, yeah. So, um we're going to do our best. We're going to do what we can. Uh, we're going to improvise. Uh, we're going to be feisty. Arr. Um, but we, we want to bring you the entertainment each every week because in all honesty, it's entertaining for us as well. It sure is. So, uh, again, thank you so much. We can't thank you enough. And uh, on that note, 
the dreamer has awakened. Peace.